0: Welcome to Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast. Uh, This is episode one, Mother and Child Reunion. I'm Kelsey.
1: And I'm Holland. Welcome, Panthers, to our Degrassi podcast discussing our favorite Canadian melodrama.
0: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So, Holland, what is your relationship with Degrassi? Oh, gosh.
1: I discovered Degrassi in probably around 2002 It was probably during the second season, and I remember watching The N like I was wont to do as a young 10-year-old. Oh my god, that's how old I was when I started this. And... (laughs) The first episode I saw was when Ashley was in her goth phase, but she was trying to date Jimmy again, and ever since I saw that episode, I was hooked and obsessed. It was my go-to show in middle school, a little bit into high school. I'm all about the original cast. I stopped watching after they all graduated.
0: <laughs> There's literally nothing better than Ashley's goth phase. Um, I got started, it wasn't the pilot, but it was uh, the the following episode, That you know, New Year, New Look, New Page. Um The Best Episode. Yep. The red hottie t shirt, which we'll totally talk about in the next episode when we cover it. Iconic. Oh, iconic. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, um my best friend's time Addison got me into it and we were hooked and just grassy forever after that. Panthers forever. Go, Panthers. Um, okay,
1: so <laughs> we
0: should just jump right into jump the episode. Into it
1: mother and child reunion this was a two-parter opening episode semi backdoor pilot 10 years after the original series which i have never seen is this the first reboot i believe so but i think in the 80s it was there were a few different iterations of degrassi it started in 1979 with something called The Kids of Degrassi Street, which I think were like three mini-movies that aired. They probably had some kind of after-school special message about them. If I've never seen them, I would just assume that. But then in 1987, Degrassi Junior High started, and then that morphed into Degrassi High once they were of age. And then I think it ended with a movie called Schools Out in 1992.
0: So that's a deep Degrassi history that you're aware of, <laughs> and I'm frankly impressed. That I didn't look up on Wikipedia two seconds before we recorded this. Oh. Holland is breaking the illusion, you guys. Um, So let's talk about the ep. Uh, First of all, I would like to jump right into the Canadian-isms uh, oh with gosh. Manny saying project. The
1: project, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs>
0: Yes, go home. And it's, it's a whole Need thing. Need to get my
1: bag. Oh, my. Like, it's great. Sweet I think we Jesus. should backtrack a second, though, and talk about the episode title. Degrassi is known for having all of their episode titles named after songs. And I think they're usually 80s songs because we'll talk about this later. But the amount of times they reference, it was the 80s. Oh, oh my God. What happened in the 80s? They say the word 80s so many times. But this episode was named after a Paul Simon song called, obviously, Mother and Child Reunion, which, with my very brief research, was inspired both by his grief over his family dog's death and a Chinese menu item called Mother and Child Reunion. And it's kind of a reggae song sung by a white guy in the very early 70s. I don't know why what the connection is to this episode besides the words mother and child and
0: reunion. Uh, Just any white guy doing reggae really bums me out. So uh, just right off the bat, poor song choice. Um, So where do you want to jump in? Um, We can just start off when Manny talks about her project. Her project. She's helping out Jordan. And can I just say that I remember Jordan, fake Jordan, being much cuter like he showed up (laughs) on that screen and I was like oh no because he's he's not I mean I I know what an attractive like person looks like and like when I was 12 I knew what an attractive 12 year old boy was so I can like reflect back and be like that's a good looking person he looked younger than 12 first of all he was hugging a tree in his photo which made me uncomfortable (laughs) I don't even know why well, I mean, that's so Emma. Though is that, he, of course, she's attracted to this like borderline hideous young-looking boy who's straight up hugging a tree. <laughs> a little, a little too on the nose, DeGrassi. <laughs> like, uh, and also that. Do you understand that that is why her email is at tree email because she's an environmentalist. I don't know if you guys knew this, Emma loves the environment. She loves
1: the environment and I actually even wrote a note. I think there was an ad or some kind of pop-up thing on her computer that says you
0: have one rainforest to save. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and then while we're talking about her crazy fucking email setup, um her she has the most uh, middle school AOL like <laughs> username tree ever. Tree email username. At, oh, tree email. My mistake. That thing that's super real. It is Sparkle Spaz followed by several digits which I did not write down.
1: But that doesn't even sound very Emma. Like Sparkle Spaz. She's not that spazzy except when she talks about the environment I guess. But she's also not sparkly.
0: Manny is much more sparkly. That's much more of a Manny screen name than an Emma screen name. for Definitely. Sure. Definitely. But you know then if you yeah. think back to like when you first got like AOL or AIM and you were like this is what everyone else is doing I played soccer sometimes so I'm soccer cutie xoxo it's like no my first AOL
1: email slash screen name was literally soccer holland full stop I didn't even have to put a number in it
0: (laughs) just soccer holland (laughs) Why did everyone play soccer in middle school? I don't know.
1: I mean, I played soccer from when I was five until high school, so it was definitely a part of my identity, (laughs) especially when I made that screening. I made that in second grade, too, so it was a little more uh, tame. I live for Soccer Holland. That's the best. Okay. So it's still my Facebook login email. I I don't know if I should even say that on (laughs) this podcast, but it is.
0: You guys, you can hack into Holland and... um, Trick her into going to your hotel room by saying you also saw Chicken Run recently. Timely Chicken Run reference. (laughs) Okay, so
1: I think we should maybe get some structure into the episode. And the premise of the episode, starting off the entire series, is the 10 year reunion of Emma's mother, Spike. What is her real name? I've already forgotten it. I just call her Spike. Miss Nelson. I don't know. It's her 10 year reunion, which means a lot of cameos and guest appearances by people who were in the old series, which I have never seen.
0: I've never seen it either. I feel like that's a mistake, but it, it feels purer this way. We only know the next generation. I'm okay with going in blind. The only,
1: what I know about the original series is what has been told to me through Degrass of the Next Generation, and I think that's probably the same with most people who watch The Next Generation. They just kind of get bits and pieces of Joey Jeremiah's past and Caitlin's past given to them, very haphazardly exposition to them. That was not a word. <laughs> It's okay. You tried your
0: best. Um, (laughs) Holland's a copy editor. (laughs) Guys, I'm really good at grammar. Um, So, let's see. I'm looking at my notes. um, And is it too early for Fashion Police? Because I've just got a lot to say. No, I think we definitely need to do Fashion Police. Let's talk about it. Okay, so Fashion Police time. So, first of all, I really, really want to talk about I mean, we have to address the hats, but I have just something to say about JT in general because JT <laughs> is wearing a, this like crazy fedora and also this tie-dye shirt that is the size of his entire body times three. He looks like a blue singer that's been put in the dryer. <laughs> I'm really upset about it. It's It bums me out.
1: I will say I don't think we can blame him for the hat. It was not his choice The hat, I think we need to start with the hat. Joey Jeremiah apparently was famous for wearing a fedora throughout the entire original series. And the show starts off with Manny wearing the hat. And throughout the entire two-part episode, the hat changes hands and and everybody ends up wearing the hat
0: at some point in the episode. I hate that hat. I hate (laughs) it so much. Where did the hat start? Did Spike, uh, not Spike, did Snake find the hat? I think... No, Spike
1: had it at her house because Manny was wearing it. Okay, in the that's why she was wearing In the beginning, when they were going through all okay. of her old high school things from the eighties, and like it just, totally eighties. Oh my gosh! And it, the eighties references were
0: nonstop, nonstop. Um, also, Emma's hair was really exciting. Um, so many like Lizzie McGuire esque <gasps> hairstyles on yeah. Emma. Yeah, em- Emma was kind of like. Beta Lizzie McGuire. The Canadian
1: Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. She totally was. Like, I could totally see Emma screaming, I want a bra. Like, Lizzie McGuire. Absolutely. The Canadian Lizzie McGuire who got
0: into really dramatic situations with child molesters in hotel rooms. Oh, definitely. And we haven't gotten to Caitlyn yet, but um, she's also in my fashion notes. Caitlyn's tank top is on point. I would wear it, I would own it, I love it. Caitlyn looks like Meg Ryan in the 90s and can dress like a champion, and I'm proud of her. Caitlin was on point the entire episode. She,
1: I think she would, might have been my favorite part of the episode. Caitlyn's always kind she of on staying. point. More fashion report. I want to jump to when Emma is meeting so-called Jordan in the hotel. Her pants. I literally wrote down Emma's pants, capitalized pants, and underlined it because She's wearing jeans, but down the front of her jeans is are, like, sparkly swooshes, like, threaded onto her jeans. And it was very distracting during a
0: very, like, dramatic moment. Can I just say, Emma, and we're going to see this a lot throughout the first season, Emma always has, I mean, crazy outfits in general, but her pants, she has these dolphin flame pants that we're going to get to at some point. And they're just burned into my memory that I'm bringing them up right now in this podcast from years ago. I'm ready
1: for so many capri pants on Emma with various patterns, just capri pants all over. Oh, and in this episode, Manny's first outfit is fittingly a crop top, a peasant orange crop top that is ruched and it is just a little taste of things to come, I think.
0: Do you have any other fashion notes? I might want to bring up Keith, but I feel like Keith should be his own... His own segment. His own thing, because I have a lot to say about Keith.
1: I will just say Toby just looks like such a sad potato (laughs) in his humongous white oversized t-shirt when he's
0: introduced. Toby is forever the saddest character of this show. I mean, like, genuine, like genuine. Gen. Gen- <laughs> that was both general and genuine. Um, <laughs> genuine tragedies happen in this show. Uh, you know, there's, you know, spoiler alert. There's like shootings, people, like people die in people this show. Get legit stabbed and die. Stomped. Lots of things happen on this show, and it's very dramatic. Toby throughout it all, (laughs) nothing really bad happens to him. He's still the sad. Okay, uh, things happen to him, but he's still like the saddest character on DeGrassi. He
1: is the saddest tragedy of a character.
0: He was never paralyzed.
1: Still, the saddest tragedy. (laughs) He just never really caught a break
0: ever. Uh, He was
1: just constantly average and sad.
0: Toby is the sad potato. The saddest of potatoes. <laughs> the sad potato. I okay. Think. So let's see. I'm
1: if we wanna jump back to Caitlin and her amazingness, yes, can please. we talk
0: about her front cover shot on Television Magazine? Television magazine. Television magazine is my new favorite magazine. <laughs> I will subscribe to it. Television magazine. Where environmental journalists on get the now. first, get the first, get the cover shot. Yeah, just on it, just ready to go. Oh, television Amazing. magazine. And then I just, oh, I wanted to talk about, I mean, I think a lot of this is going to be just talking about like the older people from the show and it almost makes me want to watch the 80s show. But Snake, God love him. Snake is a great character. But Snake in this episode, like in the beginning when he's just alone at the high school, he looks straight up like someone who is going to lure you through the internet to a hotel. <laughs> that is what his dumb hair and face and outfit look like. He's just creepy and lanky and hanging like out alone a in a high lizard. school. Yeah. He does. And he's just hanging out alone in this high school, like
1: staring at a box of memories from when he was in school and just laughing by himself in the media immersion room looking at old photos of children. (laughs) It's a huge bummer. So they're at the school. We just just saw Spike laughing by himself. And then we get our first glimpse of Toby, and he and JT have a little meet cute with a camp chant.
0: (laughs) Did you ever go to summer camp? I went to Girl Scout camp one time and was not for me. Yeah, no, I did sleepaway camp uh, several years in a row because I am Jewish and from the East Coast and that's what we do here. Um, So yeah, no, I just, they did the handshake and I really expected someone to break out into song. It was very familiar. Um, it was not quite as wet hot American summer as I would like, but it was fine. It was a very sweet meetup. They were very excited. And Manny and uh Emma only seemed to be a little bit judgy.
1: They were a little bit judgy, but I feel like they were more dismissive, like they didn't even they had zero fucks about what was going on. Like, Emma had a little sarcastic comment when JT told her, like, we met at camp. And she was like,
0: oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Emma's just being a little shithead. It's fine.
1: (laughs) And then they're like, and he was like, yeah, so this is Toby. And they just look at him. And then Emma's like, yeah, okay, so we need to go set something, like, totally dismissive. They don't give a shit about Toby, which kind of just runs throughout. That's just his beginning and his end on this show. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so they go into the media immersion room, and they message with Jordan, and she emails him from Sparkle Spaz at Tremail. And Toby gets immediately judgmental. Yeah, but you know what? That is super fair. Yeah. Toby is the only person in this episode with half of a fucking brain. Or any sense. He He does. He even, like, calls them children. Yeah. I love Toby. Toby is the saddest character. Toby is my favorite character. (laughs) I identify with Toby. He's straight up, as a person who loves like true crime murder stuff, him saying, you know what happened? This girl in BC (laughs) met a guy on the internet, and then they found her in pieces. And I was like, damn right they did, Toby, because the world is not safe. Don't meet dudes on the internet when you're 11. Toby is the voice of reason of this entire
1: episode. He's usually the voice of reason, but they they don't
0: listen to him in the slightest.
1: Well, Manny and JT get concerned for Emma, but Emma then gets
0: really awful advice from Caitlyn. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not Caitlyn's fault, but you know, as long as we're talking about Caitlyn, if we could jump back to the grown ups, I just wanted to address that Caitlyn is going everywhere in a limo for no reason. And like I understand, like like I guess they're trying to make her seem like important and she's rich and made famous. It. She has capital M made capital I, it. Yeah, she's a big time journalist, and her boyfriend is a director in L.A. Can we talk about Keith? I just want to talk about Keith forever <laughs> until I die. I hate Keith. Keith is a monster. He's the best. So
1: Keith caitlin's fiance comes Ugh. into town a little later than she
0: does i think that's when the limos begin i feel like no can... she shows up to the high school in a limo when she's just like running into the gang oh my god okay. like what are you doing well, while I'm... she's reading television magazine <laughs> her own cover of television magazine just casual in her limo you guys caitlin's a narcissist <laughs> i mean you
1: have to be if you're on tv i'm sure But I'm still going to blame the limos on Keith. I feel like Keith was a bad douchey influence on Caitlyn. And he comes swinging into town, acting like a big old D-bag, He's obviously a Canadian actor pretending to be from L.A. His accent is
0: all over the place. No, no, no. His accent is all over the place. Like, he's... You're actually from California. He, As a person from the New York area, can I just say, he's trying so hard to have a New York accent, but he's meant to be from L.A., and it's like this weird Joey Tribbiani situation that I don't get, and I hate it, Um, and also... First time we meet Keith, he, he's wearing sunglasses inside, like a mega douche. <laughs> mega douche. And yeah, and he just keeps slipping
1: into little Canadianisms too that are very distracting. I can't. I'm not buying any of him. Yeah. Ever. I would even wager that the character of Keith probably is from some like Yellow Knife Canada. Where the fuck is Yellow <laughs> Knife? I, don't know. I feel like we are, are not going to be very sympathetic like podcasters because we know nothing about canada i know everyone's a very small us. amount
0: about canada and i'm really sorry canada
1: i just know it's humongous it's so big i know toronto's close to new york
0: nope is it not I'm, nope other side of the country dude toronto no toronto toronto's, toronto's like in the middle like quebec and montreal are close ish to new york toronto's on the east side like of canada middle. i thought it was in the middle and I know Vancouver's on
1: the west side. Yeah. I don't... I could not tell you where anywhere else is. Toronto's like an hour flight from here. It's really close, isn't it?
0: I don't think... I think you're thinking about Montreal. I digress. You we, guys, I'm so this sorry. This is the
1: exact example of how little we know about Canada, and I'm so sorry
0: that we are ill-equipped to deal with this Canadian
1: show, apparently.
0: Yeah, we're not... Great. Oh, um. Also, just before we totally lose track of Keith, um, who we never see again after this, um, I just wanted to point out that he is the poor man's Jesse Bradford. By looks, he looks like he looks like this weird mix of Jesse Bradford, who is still my teen dream, um, and like Jason Biggs. Yes, and it's it's alarming. Not feeling. I hate it. I hate (laughs) it so much. He's a mega douche, and I hate him. Um. But that's really all I got on Keith, except for his fight with Joey, which we'll get to later. He,
1: when he, they were at the bar, he was talking to Caitlin about her show, which is like a documentary-style journalism series about traveling across the world and talking about the environment. And he was talking about making her show into a movie, which he said was going to be like a mix between Dangerous Minds and Footloose. was I the only
0: one who picked up on that? No, I I was there. I thought it was just something about teachers, though. He was saying he was going to write something about teachers, because he was talking to Snake about teaching. Oh.
1: He was being very
0: condescending. But what the... Dangerous Minds and Footloose, I'm very... I just... I wouldn't see it. I would not see that movie. I don't even want to know what that would be. No. But, um... I am still low key in love with Joey Jeremiah. He's a babe. He's a he's a mega babe. He's a hot. He's a DILF. He is a mega babe. I'm super into him. Also, they're supposed to be 29, so I feel like that's kind of okay. It's for fine us to be it's age appropriate. It's now. very age appropriate. They um, probably
1: were 29 or probably around that. I mean, he's bald, so he looks older, but yeah. they
0: were kids when they were on that show. That's true um although i do want to uh just address how good the dramatic music is it's just a plus it's really it hits it hits you it's You hear it, and you're like, this is meant to be a dramatic moment. And then Joey Jeremiah says something like, well, I have changed, actually. (laughs) And then he storms off to the other side of the bar and pouts by himself until Snake comes over. I think
1: we need to not skip over the fact that he also said, and apparently so have you, to Caitlin when he says he has changed. It's a
0: sick, sick burn (laughs) from Joey Jeremiah.
1: He goes and pouts about his dead wife at the bar, which yep. is very sad.
0: Is he pouting about his dead wife or is he pouting about Caitlyn dating mega douche Jesse Bradford, Jason Biggs? I think he's actually probably pouting
1: about the Caitlyn situation, but then Snake comes over and is like, Come on, man. It's been a while. Like, thinking about her is not going to bring her back. And he, I think Snake was just off base with his advice.
0: Yeah, I think everyone kind of is. Like, I'm sure that he is sad, but I think Caitlyn is the more, like, pressing issue because uh, she's the one who's right there in his face.
1: The sexual tension between Joey and Caitlin is the one thing that is tempting me to go back and watch the original series,
0: to be honest. Seriously, like, if they're... I mean... Should we do ship of the episode while we're on it? I think we should do ship of the episode. It's
1: obviously Joey and Caitlin. I
0: think we totally agree on that, too. It it is unanimous. Joey and Caitlin forever. Um, I stand by this until I die, until the show is over. I will always love Joey and Caitlin, and I will always want to talk about them. They're amazing. I can't wait until season three
1: when that actually gets ramped up in another two-part episode. Which is mostly, may, bleh, mostly focused on Craig and Ashley and Manny. But
0: it has a little parent love triangle as well. Yep, I remember that. I remember like really specific moments. I'm very excited for it, so we're just not gonna get ahead of ourselves. But um when there are two partners like this, we are gonna do two at the same time. Obviously. We
1: gotta keep it all fresh in the brain. Exactly.
0: Um, so let's see. Uh, after I have changed, and so have you, sick burn from Joey, um, that is when Emma reaches out to Jordan, and she addresses a dear Jordan with a colon, um, which is fine, and that's totally how you address all emails and not just, like, business ones. <laughs> sure. Um, it's very formal. Um, also, he wrote, like... He, how excited he is like in the subject of the email which i thought was kind of a red flag <laughs> it's like hotel info so excited i'm like you are not a 16 year old boy every 16 year old boy that i well, associated with well no but they were saying that he's meant to be 16 oh, like, she told him that she was in high school yeah uh, he did right. not look 16 he did not look pictures. 16 um he looked and 11. he looked like an ugly little boy um sorry i'm so mean <laughs> But, I mean, just that subject of the email alone, like, when I was when I was 16 and dating 16-year-olds, they were all, like, aloof and, like, smoked they cigarettes. They would send, like, one-word text messages. Yeah, one-word texts. Or, like, they'd aim and, like, they'd just be like, BRB, and then you never hear from you, them. Never again. Never they, again. Didn't
1: even bother to put up an away message. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't even bother. It's like, you're not anywhere. You're not even <laughs> idle right now. I see you. I can see you. Yeah. You guys. High school is a great time. Um, Which we will learn on the show. Yeah. When it it goes there,
1: everybody. It fucking goes there. Episode one. It it goes there. It's already going there. It's a very topical episode for 2001. Stranger danger on the internet. Stranger danger. Pre MySpace, when everyone freaked out about that. It's. This is like chat rooms. This was is... was this.
0: Pre, this was only like. This
1: is two
0: thousand one. Oh, I mean it's only like a few years pre MySpace because I had my first MySpace in seventh grade and that was like two thousand three, two thousand two, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I guess, it's all getting know. jumbled together. Um. So anyway, she she dear Jordan's. She's gonna meet him. It's not sketchy at all. I promise. And she <laughs> lies to Manny. And I feel like this is not the first time. I mean, it is the first time, but it's.
1: Not going to be. It's not going to be the last
0: time that Emma lies to someone, especially Manny, and uses a nature documentary as an excuse. Like, (laughs) I think this is actually a trope in emma's world where she's like i'm gonna watch a nature documentary and everyone's like that sounds terrible so they never gonna call it's her the out perfect on it cover
1: because nobody's going to want to watch that with her Seriously. except apparently
0: manny in this episode who asked her if she wanted her help researching manny is a good friend manny is the best friend i love manny i mean manny has her faults in the future but i love manny she's like she's she's solid she's true blue manuela santos manuela gold star totally (laughs) um okay so she deals with that and then we're back at the reunion it's before the reunion we get our first glimpse of ashley and terry both of whom are queens of our hearts and we'll see them later but i just i wanted to ask a question for you holland um and that question is why are they taking a, like, formal tour during their 10-year reunion? They're in dresses, they're fancy, and they're like, here's our media immersion room. Look, this is a geography class. If I went back to my fucking high school for my 10-year reunion, and they were like, do you want to see where our science labs are now? And be like, no, I didn't go to science when I was in high school. I'm an adult. I want to get drunk and judge the people that I graduated high school with. Like, that's what I want to do. Why are you showing me beakers I mean, and I computers. understand.
1: I would never want to tour my old high school. I avoid at all costs when I go home anyway. But I think that is a common thing that happens at school reunions that the students or somebody takes you on a tour of like, this is how it's changed since you've been here.
0: Well, that's but- the dumbest thing I've <laughs> ever heard.
1: But if I were to be toured around my old high school, I would hope it would be by Ashley Kerwin and Terry. Whose last name is escaping
0: me right now. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, let's see. My next note is just, Emma, you are dumb, with an (laughs) underline. Emma is the...
1: Oh, she's so dumb. She shows up to that hotel. She's waiting in the lobby. Creepy teacher man with a pizza walks up to her and automatically is like, Oh, wait, are you meeting Jordan? I know he's meeting some girl
0: here. And, like, red flags. All of the red flags. Where is her, like, just sense of, like, like you know when, like, something potentially creepy is happening and you can just kind of feel it and you're like, ooh She has no. She's, she's got not of that No survival instinct in her brain. Zero. <laughs> Zero percent. Um, and so she goes upstairs with creepy teacher man and it takes her a little too long to catch on
1: way too long to catch on. He's sitting on, he's like leaning on the bed, opens the pizza box, eats and offers her some pizza,
0: which he like what is that? What is that pizza? All right, so it's, I just really want, I know that that's not the point of this, but I want to talk about the pizza for like a minute. It's like, it's like normal pizza, but then the front ha- and the front half of it is just mushroom and the back half of it is just pepperoni it was, and it doesn't make any sense. The
1: toppings were arranged very strangely. I don't
0: understand they what were you're not doing. Sprinkled onto the
1: pizza, it was like deliberately half of this one slice of pizza will have only mushrooms and the other half will have pepperonis.
0: Also, I imagine that is Emma a vegetarian. Emma feels like a vegetarian. I feel like she is. She like she she has to be a vegetarian. Okay, I just I just can't get this pizza out of my head. It's like the whole middle of the pizza must be mushrooms, and then there's got to be this like outer ring that's just pepperoni. And I don't understand it, and I'm mad. Maybe it's just a metaphor for this
1: pizza makes no sense. The situation doesn't make sense. What is going on? Why are we here? I am confused. Oh my God, this creepy man is obviously Jordan. Let me go run to the door and not know how to open a door from the inside. Like, how does she not know how to open that hotel door? I know, it's just a latch. Just unfucking latch it, Emma. If you have enough time to mess with the door and not be able to open it... And then just run into the bathroom. Why wouldn't you just mess with the
0: door for five more seconds and get out just of there? Do it. Just run. I just. But you know, what? I'm. I'm. I'm proud of her for in her panic mode, going into the bathroom and shutting the door. Yes. And while we were watching the <laughs> episode,
1: she Kelsey brought up, "Why doesn't she just call her parents?" And I said, "She left her bag." inside inside, (laughs) in the back in the hotel room and then Kelsey asked me is
0: this why hotels have phones in the bathroom now (laughs) I understand that that was a stupid question but is it (laughs) I stand by it like I understand like on principle like yes you're laughing at me it's a dumb question but also is that the reason I stand could, by it? It
1: possibly could be. It also could be because maybe old people fall and they have fallen and they cannot get up. <laughs> so they need a phone in there. Okay. It could be a combination of all
0: of those things. But it feels like a good move. It feels like a smart move. Um, she should have called. But that's fine. It's fine. It's, I don't know if it's solely
1: child molesters and trapping teenage girls in hotel rooms is what led to the phones in the bathroom. Yeah. But if it inspired it a little bit, then I'm all for it. Yeah. I
0: support that. I, I mean, I have a lot of ways to make fun of Emma because she's dumb, but like real talk, her saying you're, you, you're Jordan, aren't you? Was very chilling. <laughs> like, it, it was
1: very chilling. It, it,
0: like, kind of cut me. Like, it it hurt me. And I'm still kind of reeling from it. And it's like, you know, she's not... Miriam McDonald is a good actress. Um, but, you know, she was like a baby here. Mm-hmm. So she was not... She didn't quite get her... She was, acting chops up. She was doing pretty good, but, you know, it just wasn't so, Im, like, there wasn't so much of an impact that it was like, I wasn't, like, really there with her feeling it. But when she's crying and saying, you're Jordan, aren't you? I was like, oh, no. She did <laughs> Get a really out of there, baby.
1: <laughs> great job with that scene. Like, that really awful thing you have to act through, like, being lured into a seedy hotel, which, by the way... Why were there no lights turned on in that hallway outside of the hotel room? I was very confused by that. Um, but I think she did a good job, especially because she was probably like 13 when she started the show. She had a lot given to her in the first episode right off the bat, dealing with this really tough topic to cover. And I think she did a good job. She was a baby, but those like more emotional moments I think she did a good job with.
0: Yeah, very proud of Miriam McDonald. Um very scary situation for Emma. Um she was a little dumb. Uh she was real dumb to get there in the first place. But,
1: you know, but it's, let's it, it's, let's not victim blame our let's protagonist.
0: Not, let's not victim blame anyone. It's <laughs> definitely not victim blame our protagonist. Um it's a bummer. But she she made it. She got it out because she has fucking good friends. When she's a dummy, she's got good friends to back her up. Toby to the rescue with his super-duper hacking skills gets into her
1: email, uses Chicken Run as the code breaker of Jordan's false identity, and they run to the school. They tell Spike and Snake what is up. they are dumb
0: nicknames.
1: (laughs) Well... Well, I, I, we'll never know why they are that Spike or Snake.
0: Yeah.
1: And they race to the hotel, and Snake and Spike bang down the hotel door. I don't know how they got in. Were, the, were there police? No, the police came later. Yeah. They got, Emma breaks free. She opens the door. Spike, no, Snake, who's... Slams Jordan up against the wall. Kelsey was very upset. He was not punching him. I just kept yelling, "Punch him! Punch him! Punch him!" I pointed out the show is, is Canadian, so probably not going to happen. And they say the police come. He gets taken away. He is in jail now, according to the. Yay! Yay! He's gone. He's he was apparently a repeat offender, which Ugh. disturbed me. I'm upset by when it.
0: that line was spoken. I'm. I'm. I mean. We make jokes. We make bad jokes. But it's it's upsetting and scary. Um, and they fucking went there. Episode one, Degrassi, doing it. Bam. Um, you know, so thank you to Toby. And then, you know, Manny for being like, you know, my friend is being a little weird. Manny was on point.
1: She knew things were fishy. She went investigated at the house when Emma wasn't there. She even looked up the TV schedule to see that nature documentary was not on TV. And then she utilized her resources in Toby and JT. Well, more. Toby, then JT. JT didn't really do anything. JT's been episode. along for
0: the ride. He's just there being he's a, a blues player in the dryer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is he even a concerned friend? He's like, he's there for handshakes and being awkward. Camp chance, Camp chance for days. Um... Before we close out, I also want to talk about... um, We have to talk about the fight. We have to talk about the fight. We have to talk about the rest of the reunion.
1: Yes. Now that we have resolved, Emma is safe. She did not get molested. Thank God.
0: Or murdered. There are no Emma pieces strewn about, like, Alberta or something. Like that girl in BC. Like that girl in BC.
1: R.I.P. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And so back at the reunion... Joey over here is stupid Keith talking to some floozy at the reunion. reunion. I G- generic G- blonde. G- I no, that was Joey's ex-wife. I her dead wife. Late wife <laughs> Con, the word is
0: late that you're looking for. Uh <laughs> that we, dead lady. <laughs> <laughs> generic blonde Hottie uh is talking to Keith um, on the floor. On the floor at the reunion. So, In the um, hallway. So uh Jesse Bradford, Jason Biggs. <laughs> Hybrid. Yeah, Hybrid. Keith. Um, Keith is also the worst name in the world. It's an asshole name. It's a douche name. So, good job, Degrassi writers, for giving him that name. It's true. It made me hate him even more. It's true, Keith. Ugh. Um, so, you know, he overhears Keith being like, I don't know if I want to get married. I, I can't commit to one person. And then... Solid that. Keith impression. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the blonde lady like puts her hand inside of his jacket and is like, oh, I know, it must be really hard. I can help Ugh. you through the... I don't even remember <laughs> what she says, but they talk about her coming to visit him in LA. Oh, and its I think it's something about yeah, we can have some new experiences. Oh, it's all gross. bad. It's Joey gross. overhears it, gets really pissed. So then, of course, Caitlin is making a speech for no reason at the reunion. Inexplicably. And whilst she is up on stage, Keith and Joey get in a little hissy fit. They get in a little verbal tussle, which turns (laughs) into a full on tussle and (laughs) a straight up tussle. Straight up. Every day they're tussling. (laughs) And although it was. Sorry, I just laughed right into the microphone. The biggest non fight I've ever seen. They just kind of shove each other yep. and then just move very energetically
0: <laughs> while people walk <laughs> between them. <laughs> Energetic dancing. And, but for some reason in the next scene, Joey has a like bloody nose. But I also really want to talk about how they don't use any, like they don't even use any like fighting words. There's no smack talk. He says Joey. Keiths just all Keith says is Joey. Like forte. He just goes Joey. And then Joey. It's not even like really mad, but he only says Joey, and then at the very end, he says, Come on! And yeah, it's like Joey. It's more
1: like he's annoyed and he's trying to push. He's like, Get a Joey. Joey, like, what are you doing more than like, they're legit in a fist fight right now. Well, kind of. And then after the fight blows up, Caitlyn comes off down the stage, asks, What's going on? What's going on? And. Then that blonde lady pops in again. <laughs> like peanut gallery over here is like, I mean, anybody would have worries about getting married or something. And then Keith and Caitlin just kind of break up right on the spot. She walks away, and then. The next scene we see is her helping Joey in the bathroom with his bloody lip he got from the energetic shoving and moving.
0: Yep. And there's this really great poster on the wall that says the pill's not enough, which, frankly, is a good message. Hey, you guys, um, use condoms if you're sleeping with strangers, because that's how you protect yourself from STDs. Sleeping with anyone, really. Yeah, but, you know, especially if you don't know where they've been. So that's
1: been our PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep with strangers without covering it up. Yeah. And the pill is also... I mean, the pill helps, but it's not enough. Not just the pill. Yeah. Weird choice for a sign in a in a high school bathroom, though. I take it more as progressive. I, I'm glad Degrassi is promoting
0: birth control rather yeah. than just straight-on abs- abstinence. Good for Canada. Canada, once again, proving itself to be our superior neighbors to the north, um go Canada. Go Canada. Oh Canada.
1: I can't wait for the Dr. Sally episodes.
0: <gasps> yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys, what an adventure we have ahead of us. Um, so I think we should who is uh So we gotta wind down, we have to pick our spirit squad leader. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. So... Alright. The app. Um Holland, who is your spirit squad captain? Oh gosh. I went into this
1: thinking I was going to choose Caitlyn just because I love her, but she made she was kind of a hot mess in this entire episode, and I'm gonna have to give it to Toby. Toby was skeptical right off the bat with the whole dangers on the net as he calls it, and he totally he doesn't even know Emma, and he's already right off the bat very concerned, very perceptive. He helps. Catch a child molester. I I don't know. I think he's just grade A he gets a gold star for me.
0: I might. I think I have to agree with you. I was good. I was going into it thinking Manny because you know she, she was perceptive eventually, and she knew when there was going to be a problem with her friend, and she went through all the research of checking schedules and going to her house, and then going to Toby. But also, I feel like she took too many steps to get there. <laughs> um, you know, you can maybe. Go to Spike faster than you can go to Toby.
1: We could have called Spike once we found out about this. Also instead of true.
0: Running to the school. Also true. That and she really kind of egged Emma on in the beginning for like like until it got to the point where she said to Emma, "Oh, I'm glad you're not going." I really thought that she wanted her to go, yeah. and I think Emma felt the same way. I mean, she said different things to Caitlin, but I mean, as a viewer. I was like, Manny's on board for this, which feels kinda shitty. Um, so yeah, Toby. Toby is the spirit squad captain, which is great. Good for Toby. Good for
1: Toby. He finally gets the letter in the sport that isn't wrestling when he, which in which that episode he <gasps> That's wrestles such a
0: good episode with his body weight. He does. He does. Oh, my favorite potato. <laughs> um Holland, do you have any closing thoughts before we I think all out. we
1: have to do is we gotta talk about the moral of the episode. Oh yeah. What is up? Oh, you guys, that's my dog. We have to determine um, what is the Aesop's fable moral mm-hmm. of this Degrassi this the premiere, the world premiere of Degrassi. Degrassi the next Generation.
0: Degrassi the next generation. So the lesson we learned
1: is don't meet strangers from the internet. Well yeah. that's or I mean I guess it's a lot different nowadays though with Tinder eh, and
0: Bumble. I mean it's i so you, you guys. The moral of the episode is Um follow your heart. <laughs> uh, be Learn by trial and error. Yeah, um be really aware of what vibes people are putting off. Um and be you know, cautious. Just like with people on the internet. Like don't Give people on Tinder too much information. Don't Just give say
1: any personal information that yeah, could lead to your
0: whereabouts. You know, meet in a public place, not at a hotel. That's a weird move. Um, say that should have been a red flag, Emma. what? what 12 year old or
1: 16 year old guy is gonna want to meet you in a hotel and have good intentions anyway even if that if he were actually 16
0: it's weird so yeah i mean moral is um be careful who you talk to uh on tinder and OKCupid and grinder and um just be safe guys be safe out there and the pill is not enough the pill is not enough thank you Bye. bye bye